The Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app to get last-minute tickets at the lowest prices guaranteed. Use promo code SGPN for $20 off. DGENs assemble. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me, as always, is my co host and partner, Mr. Andrew, the TD King. Rob, happy hump day, sir. How are we doing? Yes, sir. It is the eve of draft day, baby. 24 hours of best ball drafts coming up. I can't wait. I'm excited. Should probably get a lot of sleep tonight. Probably won't. Just going to power through. But I'm excited to talk some breakout wide receivers, which I will be drafting tomorrow during draft. Are you going to work tomorrow? I got to imagine you're going to take the day off. No, I am working about half day. And then I have to come home and prepare, Jeez. get everything uh, lined Biz. up, taken care of, making sure I have all the drinks and food supplies I will need for the 24 hours. Maybe a little nicotine. Who knows? Who knows? It's up in the Maybe air. But, but I'm going to need some stuff to stay awake. And uh, yeah, so I will work a little bit. I'm not working Friday as I will be getting done with this at three o'clock on friday get a little sleep and go. then the wife the I, I and the two kiddos will be going camping saturday so Jesus. i'm hoping yeah i'm hoping i can wake up and uh be uh fatherly shall we say yeah we'll see i mean you're gonna be sleeping in the where uh in the woods getting attacked by bears and shit andrew you're just gonna be snoring it's gonna be dazing off yeah man hashtag dad life what uh I mean what what are you gonna have for snacks? I mean, I mean, chain smoking I don't think is gonna work. I mean, I think <laughs> Kramer would get, you know, some real appreciation out of that, very degen oriented. But like what are you what are you rocking for snacks? Like you can't just rock like energy drinks for 24 hours, you'll kill yourself. It's true. Yes. So I'm gonna have uh some peanuts, get that protein in, uh get some pickles. I love pickles, pickles is a good one. Uh gonna have some chips, uh, I'll bring myself a sub. Cool. Uh, maybe some cereal, a little bit of everything, man. I, I want it close by because obviously uh, I can't be getting up and just go raiding the fridge. So going to need it by me. We'll have a cooler with me as well for those thinking, how's he going to keep milk cold? How's he going to keep his drinks cold? I will have a nice cooler beside me. Maybe a I few beverages. I better see that cooler on air. Like, I better see you pick that shit up and put it on camera. I'm just, oh, I will. Oh, it's a nice Pelican one, has a Redskins uh, sticker on the front. Can't turn to the side, has some cuss words on it, but we'll keep it in the front. (laughs) Yeah, because we don't say cuss words at uh, at SGPN. No way. (laughs) It's not, that doesn't happen. All right. We're going to be diving into our fantasy football breakout and sleeper wide receivers this evening. We're talking redraft only tonight. Probably mixing some best ball conversation, you know. It's where you can find me and Andrew in the best ball streets. Worst comes to worst, if you don't watch Andrew for 24 hours, just make sure you jump in uh, tomorrow night between 8 and 9 p.m. when I'm going to be rocking uh, my my time slot when I'm, when I'm jumping right. on That's there. That's right. 
Oh, everyone, get in and donate uh, as quickly as possible uh, if you are so inclined. If you do want to potentially win some raffle items, the quicker you get in, the more potential. I mean, we're giving away at least one raffle item every hour. So uh, the quicker you donate, the more chances you have to win some sweet items. Uh, you know, I mean, th there's a wide variety of stuff. Uh, underdog credits, SGPN merch store credits. We have Trophy Smack was... Uh, kind enough to donate two of their new um, NFL PA metal wall art. Um, it's uh, like right now they have, let's see, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. They're pretty sweet. Uh, go to trophysmack.com and take a look at those. Uh, we have Michael F. Florio doing a 15 to 30 minute Zoom call with the winner for a fantasy consultation. Um, Pete Overzet donated a $100 gift card to his merch store. So plenty of stuff. Make sure you stop by tomorrow and check out all the cool raffle items. Nice. That's pretty solid there, Pete. Well done. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. All right. Let's dive into some sleepers and some breakouts at the wide receiver position. Who's your first man up? Who do you want to talk oh, about? First man up and my most exposed wide receiver now on underdog best ball, Jahan Dotson, the breakout candidate this year. Surprise, uh, surprise. Yeah, surprise, surprise. A non-biased pick here, obviously, by your boy. But Jahan Dotson, um, last year, Led or tied Christian Watson uh, with mm -hmm. leading uh, the NFL rookies in touchdown catches with seven while missing five games. Um, I said it during the preview last year uh, when uh, Sean and Kramer both had me on talking about Washington Commanders football. Said that uh, I really felt like Dotson was going to be a red zone target for them. And season went by and he definitely was. Uh, he already scored a touchdown in their first preseason game this year. Looks like he's locked and loaded with Sam Howe. Sam Howell mm -hmm. seems to be doing very well uh, for all those Sam Howell haters out there thinking that Jacoby Brissett's going to come in and take the job. Unless Howell really falters down, down the line, I don't see that happening. So I do really think that it's uh, the best uh, you know case possible here for Jahan Dotson to have Howell in there. And, I mean, honestly, man, like I, I really do think double-digit touchdowns is a possibility. I, I think it's a stretch possibility, but I do think it's a possibility. Uh, and for a guy that you're getting, you know, in the middle rounds of drafts, that could be your wide receiver three, four in regular redraft. I feel like it's a good value for him. I mean, he's probably going to see somewhere in the ballpark as average six, seven targets a game. Um, I, I really feel like it's him and Terry McLaurin, that <clears throat> up, you know, all this Eric B enemy uh, hype, you know, and, and all these mm -hmm. players that are going to be drawn up are going to go to those two guys are the two best guys on the team. So, yeah, I mean, Dotson's an easy click for me in the middle rounds, and uh, I honestly do think he's going to creep up a little bit more by, uh, you know, all of our regular drafts for these redraft leagues. So in three wide receiver leagues, you would be comfortable, like, with without even going into a flex conversation, you'd be comfortable starting him as your third wide receiver? Yes. Yeah, because I would prefer to have him as more of, like, a flex option. Um, I, I just feel like there's a lot of mouse to feed in that offense still, and I'm, I know that you and I have talked about this before. That's my only pushback here is I'm really heavy on Terry. Uh, Terry is definitely in my top 10, you know, exposure for uh, for best ball this season for wide receivers. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. He's number six. It's like 20% rostered. Like I I've been leaning in on him at his spot. Obviously, you're getting Jayon Dotson about three or four rounds behind him. And probably I would guess in redraft leagues, probably somewhere between rounds six and eight. Which is which is fine, uh, but I would prefer if I had him stacked as like my fourth or fifth receiver rather than my third, just because you and I have talked about how deep this position is this year. We've seen a few dominoes fall with injuries. You know, Traylon Burks today that wasn't so great for me. Another guy that I've been targeting heavily, 
Um, but it just feels like, you know, the health um, is pretty strong right now across the position in general. So I just feel like there's still a lot of guys that I would prioritize ahead of him. Um, where do you see him falling in line for targets? I, I mean, I have to imagine he's going to finish behind Terry still. Lock stock at I, number two. I Yeah, I, I do believe so. Again, look at the roster. I mean, it, it's Terry up mm-hmm. top for sure. I fully agree with that. And I think it's Jahan. I mean, really, the other guys fighting for targets probably is probably going to be Antonio Gibson and one of the tight ends. I don't know which one yet, though. Logan Thomas, okay. he, he's got, he's going to probably be the guy who starts the year. But Cole Turner has been looking really good in uh, you know in training camp as well. So I mm-hmm. I think the tight end combination will finish third on the team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think Dotson's locked in for the number two uh, target position on the team. What if we're both and- wrong and it's Curtis Samuel? It's not gonna be Curtis Samuel. I, I can tell you it's right. It's just, he he's the, he'll be the the, the home You're run the insider. Hitter. Yeah, he'll he'll be the home run hitter. And again, I said this a while back on our shows, and now I hear a couple of different other podcasts talking about this. But Kramer asked me this question. I think you did as well. Is how, how do you see Curtis Samuel and Antonio Gibson, um, you know, falling on on this roster? And I think those are the mm. two guys that are gonna fight each other for targets because they can both do the exact same thing well. But I I do think it's gonna be Gibson who beats out Samuel, but Samuel's going to be the guy who probably has like three long touchdown catches throughout the year, but that's what he's going to do. I mean, he'll he'll be lucky to see four or five targets a week. I mean, I honestly think he'll probably average three ish a week, Mm -hmm. maybe. So Dotson, when, when I look at him in drafts, this is what I hear. Let me be your hero. Let me do it for the pod. Do it for the pod. He very well could be a hero this year. Uh, We've discussed the touchdown totals before he's sitting at four and a half. Is that right? Uh, yes, four and a half. And he scored seven last year, missing five games. So load up, even money, baby. That's that's a, that's a low touchdown market for uh, for Jayon. So I'm, I'm definitely smashing that over, you know, with the assumption that he's going to play a full 17-game season. Um, obviously, should be in his, you know, potential outcomes, you know, per last season. Obviously, they had Carson Wentz. It was a little bit different still. But it uh, seems like they're very comfortable with Sam Howell. And Howell's been looking good in training camp. So let's let's ride. Howl at the moon, baby. Yes, sir. Oh. <laughs> All right. My first guy up here, uh, and I know this will make a good conversation because it's related to one of your guys. I have Nico Collins. He's coming off the board in about round nine in standard 18-team redraft leagues, three wide receivers, two flex positions. And he's, you know, somewhere between wide receiver 50 and 55, you know, per the ADP market. I think he's in a great situation. He's going to lead the team in targets. I don't see much competition for that um for that narrative, anyways, I know that you'll have a name to bring up here, but the, none of the running backs, Devin Singletary, Damian Pierce, they're not going to beat him out for it. I still don't see any of the youth uh, beating him out for it. Tank Dell, Xavier Hutchinson, old man Bobby Trees, just don't see it. I feel like the biggest competitor for the most targets and most like volume is Dalton Schultz, but I still believe because he's a lower A dot guy, you know, he's not going to lead the team in targets. I think he can get his full. I think he's a guy that could get six to seven targets easily each week, no dissimilar to Jayon Dotson. But I feel like Nico Collins is going to be the guy that that getting the targets in the red zone, getting the shots downfield. And as long as he's healthy, he's just going to be used everywhere. I mean, they can play him inside and outside. He's got one of the best contested rates or catch rates, excuse me, in the last two seasons. Volume's a little bit lower because, you know, he was playing behind Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks was soaking up all of the, you know, top target action. And then he also got hurt. And he is also playing with uh, Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor. C.J. Stroud hasn't looked amazing, at least in preseason, but he's looked pretty good in training camp. Do you think that Stroud will be good enough to make, you know, 
Collins or any of these other guys just really fantasy relevant where you're just like, yeah, I'm putting this Houston Texan in my lineup every week other than if their name is Damian Pierce. Yeah, and I mean, might as well jump to my guy here, throw him in the conversation, but Tank Dell. Uh, I've been on Tank Dell for a while now, and, uh, you know, you, we were getting great value on him in the 200s, and mm-hmm. uh, just in a draft last night with Megan uh, Shoup from Fanspeak, and uh, we saw him get drafted at 144. That's a bit That's early. rich for my blood. Yes, for sure. You but and I have seen I, him go early before too. You and I, you and I saw him going like around uh, six or seven one time when, when with one of our live shows. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a little bit too much of a hype right now. Um, but yeah. again, we just saw today he scored three touchdowns in their red zone package, three on the Miami Dolphins. Just again, this was going to be my question to you: is where do you see Nico Collins doing his most damage between the twenties or in the red zone? I think everywhere. I mean, I, I don't think that there's really a, a, going to be a big difference because you don't see Dalton Schultz being a big threat inside the red zone. He's not a big bodied tight end. He's not a go up and get it type of, you know, t- uh, tight end or, uh, you know, big, like I just said, big body target. Like he's not a guy that's going to soak up those type of targets. He's a lower a dot guy, not very physical, doesn't do a lot of blocking. May not, may not even be on the field for a lot of those packages. And Collins has a very physical, uh, you know, size to him. Like he's big, he's strong, he can block. I just don't see any of these other receivers taking him off the field. I, I believe he'll play the most snaps of all of these receivers, including Dalton Schultz. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, I, I don't disagree with you on playing the most snaps. I do think Collins has himself locked into the one role, um, but I think Tank Dell could be the two. Um, you know, and sure. I, I hate to I hate to put Mechie down because um, of what he went through, yeah. but he just he just hasn't established himself yet. And Tank Dell right. has been putting in the work after practices to establish himself in this offense. And he's been making a great connection with, with Stroud. And I, I just, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a really good value for where he's going. Um, but I, I do agree with you. I like Nico Collins as well. I'm, I'm, those two are my most exposed uh, wide receivers on the Texans. And uh, I just think Tank Dell has the opportunity to be a red zone threat for them more than people probably want to give him credit for because of his stature. Yeah, he's little. He's Small little. dude. But Small guy. I mean, he's, He's showing that, you know, that the Texans want to use him in, in you know, in those packages. So I, I think both of these picks are fine picks. And these are probably the two guys that mm-hmm. if anybody asked me, you know, who in the Texans do you want to draft? It's it's these two guys. These are the two guys behind Singletary and Pierce, of course, uh, you know, that I will be telling people to go ahead and uh, take a pick on. I just feel like in 18 team leagues, like in kind of like a standard redraft format, I see Tank Dell just not getting drafted in in a lot of spots. You know, I feel like he's going to be more of a waiver wire darling to start the season, which is fine. I I don't mind. There's just a lot of names that I like that are also going to be kind of in the similar consideration to Nico Collins. They're in a good situation and they have really good ADP because either the public or the market really isn't taking a significant stance on them. So they're burying them, you know, in the draft order or in the ADP list, you know, but they still have number one upside on their team. Uh, we can transition into one of these guys r- right now. That's uh, I know someone that you're also high on, Isaiah Hodgins. He's coming off the board in round 16. Big difference between him and Collins. Collins is coming off in round 9. Wide receiver 52 for Collins. Wide receiver 65 for Isaiah Hodgins. Now, I know that there's a lot of debate on who's going to be the number one receiver for the Giants, but I think you know, looking at you and me right now, we're both not going to be nodding our heads to Isaiah Hodgins. He had the best finish last year with Dan Jones. I think he caught four of his 15 total passing touchdowns last year with only, I believe, six or seven games played. Just, uh, you know, a smaller sample size, I get it. But the group is just so average. 
you know, everybody's just going to either bring somebody else down and you're going to see some, you know, some spike weeks for everybody. But I feel like Isaiah Hodgins has the safest floor of this group. I think he's the safest for touchdowns outside of Darren Waller and Barkley. Um, I think he leads the Giants wide receivers at the end of the year in touchdown catches. I I do think that there's a world where his value is touchdowns and he doesn't get a ton of work, you know, between the twenties that, you know, that might be Hyatt Slayton, mm-hmm. you know, those guys, but oh, besides Waller Hyatt guy now, huh? Okay. Okay. I, Hey man, I, I, I like Tyler. Um, I, I took a lot of them in big boards and I kind of let Kramer talk me out of it a little bit, you know, throwing the shade at Hyatt and he kind of talked me out of it. You know, he's a giants insider. So I felt like I should listen to him, but now we see all these Hyatt videos coming out and it's like, yeah, okay. I might've been right in the big board. Right. And so, uh, but yeah, I mean, you and I have been on Hodgins the entire time. I know that we have both got the best value on him you know he has been steamed mm-hmm. up the board a little bit so i feel very good about that but yeah i i definitely think that his role in this offense is going to be a touchdown guy who's the biggest threat for hodgins is it darius slayton is it jalen hyatt darren waller i mean waller's just getting a ton of hype but if he gets used uh, to the volume that everyone believes he's going to get hurt like there's there's no way that he can just be He's not a guy that's going to collect 30% of a target share for an offense. And if he does, he's the wheels are going to fall off by the midseason. Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, Waller, as far as touchdowns are concerned, it Waller, Barkley, and Hodgins, you know, those are the guys. I think the, Waller and Barkley are, are his biggest competition for mm-hmm. the target share uh, in the red zone. But, yeah, I mean, between the 20s right now, I'm, I'm still going to stick with Slayton um, as, as the guy that's probably going to do the most damage there. But if Hyatt can establish some sort of connection – with Dan Jones, um, you know, I it won't surprise me if we're looking at Hyde at the end of the year and being like, that's the guy I want to draft next year on the Giants. Well, that would make sense because next year there'll probably be less receivers there. They just won't stop I, signing I hope receivers. So. <laughs> yeah, you would you would think, right? Yeah. Um, do you want to move on to our next guy or did you have something you wanted to pop off here? Uh, yes, most certainly do. I want to tell the good people about game time. Game time uh, is, uh, you know, like, have you ever tried to buy tickets to a game like through uh, some of these other sites and like you're going through the process and it kind of takes long and you get to the end and you're like, oh, here's the price. And then it's like, uh, uh, well, you know, how did we get there? $50. Yeah, you got additional $50 here, additional $10 here. Then you're trying to, you know, you t- it took so long to go through it. Then it times you out and like game time just doesn't have that um, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you um, you know if you browse through the game time app uh, like you'll see like it's easy to find to buy tickets um, it's the lowest price guaranteed uh, event cancellation protection job loss protection uh, there's a lot of like flash deals and like last minute deals that they pop up. I was going through like the the app last night. And that was one thing that stuck out to me is that there's like just last minute deals and all kinds of like stuff. Um, so, yeah. So game time uh, is the is the place for last minute ticket deals. Uh, it also um, allows you to snag tickets without the stress on game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use our promo code SGPN for 20 per or $20 off your first purchase. Again, promo code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem your code SGPN for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Bada bing. Who's your next guy, buddy? Next guy. 
Sky Moore, baby. Let's go. Uh, Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. Uh, again, you know, it's, it's it's like the Giants wide receiver room, right? Except for you got Kadarius Tony, that is probably the established guy there that, that we want to take a shot on if he's right. But outside of that, not uh, Sky Moore. Um, a, a lot of people I hear talking about Sky Moore, and they talk about how he didn't really get involved last year, looks confused out there, you know, obviously muffed some of those punts. Not great, right? But then if you go back and look at Andy Reid's track record, a lot of rookies do not do well in that offense. It's a complex offense. Until you get your bearings about yourself, you sputter a little bit. Here's year two for Sky Moore. He knows the offense now. Andy Reid's made some comments about Sky Moore as well. I think that that's going to ramp up his um, his want to do well in Kansas City. Uh, you know, he, he's at least a little bit established there. Uh, Richie James came to town. That doesn't really, you know, scare me. Again, I like Kadarius Tony, but, you know, his injury track record's not great. Sky Moore at least is a guy that you don't have to spend, you know, you don't have to like spend the, the uh, you know, break the bank to, to go get him. And mm -hmm. if he ends up being Patrick Mahomes, mm -hmm. you know, uh, number one uh, wide receiver, it's a tremendous value. Uh, you want any piece of this offense that you can get. Sky Moore seems to be a guy that is probably going to get some gimmicky passes his way, get involved in those, you know, cool ass plays that they always draw up. And he'll at least be on the field in two wide receiver sets, I'd imagine, and definitely three. So I, I just I feel like it's a good value for him on a team that is you know projected to score the most points in the NFL. Always have a great high-powered offense. And why not take a shot on one of these guys and make it sky more, baby? I want more. More. See what I did nice there? Bit there. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I saw that. I, 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 I picked up what you put down. Uh, so sell me Sky Moore versus the field here because there's a pretty big field out of this group. Like Sky Moore versus MVS. I know that you're not a big Richie James guy, so let's not include him. But I, I mean, he's he's not. I don't think he's getting cut. He was one of the first guys added to the team. Obviously, they invested trading for Kadarius Tony. Tony, when healthy, you know, should be at the top of the depth chart just based off of what they gave up for him. And there is that commitment there. Um, but this this is a pretty deep group here. So, like, why Sky Moore over Rashi Rice and MVS? Let's start with those two. Well, Rashi Rice, I, you know, just laid out the example of why rookies don't do well in Andy Reid's offense. So, I mean, that, that's one knock, and that's probably the biggest knock against Rashi Rice. Is maybe at the mm -hmm. end of the season, you'll see Rice get more involved. But at the beginning and middle of the season, I, I just I don't see him establishing himself without a bunch of injuries. Um, you know, and again, it's just, he's a rookie. So I just don't think that that's going to happen per se. Sky Moore, obviously, you know, second year guy, as I just laid that out. So he doesn't have to have that, that issue anymore. Hopefully, uh, mm -hmm. Kadarius, Tony, you know, hurt a lot in his career. Uh, so that's a knock against him though. I do think he's probably already hurt. Yeah. I mean, he, he could be the best guy. Um, Justin Ross is the, is the wild card for me. Uh, and, and speaking of that, we need a wild card drop. I wanted to hit a wild card right there, but we need to get one of those. Um, he is a, the wild card for me, big play guy that could be, um, the Isaiah Hodgins of this offense where, you know, he's in the red zone package cause he has some good hands and he's a taller guy, but he just got hurt the other day, but back at practice today. So we'll see, mm -hmm. but he hasn't played a whole lot of games since college. I mean, it's just, he's kind of on and off as well. So I, I, again, Sky Moore doesn't have the, <clears throat> the track record of getting hurt. He's now second year in the, uh, in the offense. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I mean, they at least feel like they can probably trust them more than they did last year. And again, he's not going to break the bank taking him where he's currently going. And I, I just, I, I just feel like it's a good gamble on an offense that you want to have a piece of. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a situation where you get him as like your fifth oh, receiver, I, I didn't even address MVS. MVS oh, is established as like the downfield guy. 
That's sure, not yeah. going to be Sky Moore's main priority. He's going to probably be closer to the vest, you know, sticking around mm-hmm. the, the Travis Kelsey area. And I, I, I can't say anything, obviously, to Sky Moore to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is that man, right? So it, take him Maybe. out of the equation as well. He's the guy. No one's touching Travis Kelsey. But, yeah, I mean, M- MBS is, is establishing himself as the downfield guy. I don't think that mm-hmm. they really interlap for, for what they're going to do on this offense. I think the best thing to do with all these guys is, yeah, get you a Kansas City receiver, but make sure that they are your fifth or sixth sixth receiver drafted. Like, I don't want any of these guys at priority at ADP because there's just so many of them. I was taking Richie James with my last pick in the big board, what, in May, <laughs> when we were, you know, drafting on bikes. You know what I mean? Like, we just so much value in the back end of your draft for any of those guys or via the waiver wire after week one, once you actually get a clear idea of how things are going to be, you know, cut up at least as far as snaps go. But I expect it to be highs and lows for all of those guys. You know, like that's why, you know, we do a best ball show all off season is because we want to talk about season long value, right? That's a tough situation outside of Travis Kelsey. You know, you're still going to have jerk McKinnon taking pass catching away from some of these, uh, from some of these receivers. You're going to see somebody get and get hurt. You're going to see someone come in and have an opportunity, some spike weeks. Oh, look at this. Justin Ross is randomly good for three weeks, and then he fell off a cliff. What happened? Oh, I don't know. Kadarius Tony came back. He was healthy. Oh, they gave Rashi Rice a few extra looks. I just feel like they are not going to be kind to our uh, fantasy wallets you know, this upcoming season. So I want the best value. If you can get Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony as your fifth or sixth wide receiver drafted, uh, I'm all with it. Um, I would probably yeah. wait for those other guys last round, second to last round, which I think is, you know, very practical. Like I just don't see that yeah. a lot of people rushing to get themselves a bunch of MVS. So understandable. Yeah, no, no, no. And and I agree. I mean, I agree with your sentiment. I'll just grab one guy. Um, I prefer mm-hmm. to take more and and I do like MVS as well. Um, because again, I mean, deep threat guy on underdog, you want a guy that has uh touchdown mm-hmm. upside and he might catch a you know a couple long ones throughout the season. Um, before we get to your next guy, Justin, question for you. Have you signed up for the SGPN Patreon? Of course you have. That's a rhetorical question. Don't need you to answer that. Uh, for the good people listening right now, if you have not signed up for the SGPN Patreon, please go do so. It is our way to fight corporate gambling. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL totals contest with a thousand dollar first place prize. Besides season-long contests, we also have weekly contests just for the Patreons, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, completely ad-free and full of behind-the-scenes stories from SGPN. There's even a Discord channel for the Patreons. Only you can prevent corporate gambling. Do your part. Sign up today. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Okay, we're back. Party on, Andrew. Party on. Yes, sir. Who else you got up on your list there, big homie? Uh, let's go with Zay Flowers. I know that we're going to agree on this one. Uh, just this absolute smash for me in round eight. Again, using you know 18-round, kind of a standard format. Coming off the board as wide receiver 48. A rookie that I believe has the opportunity, at least for the receivers, to lead snaps, targets, and receiving production. Obviously, a big option. No, no, I, I, I have no idea what he's. I've been yikes. living under a rock. I haven't seen anything I mean, about Zay Flowers. What has he been doing? 
over man over the last couple of days when they had the joint practices with the commanders that's yeah. the guy that stuck out from the ravens for me is he is torching some of our dbs and i'm like yikes that is not great pop but it's he's good been, for our good for our exposure he's been dominating the uh the, the practice field for certain i'd like to see him do a little bit more in like preseason it's but like he's same- meant to be on the grass is it because his last name is flowers i don't know but the correlation is there I like that. I like that. I mean, <laughs> his skill set is is fantastic. He, his feet, his his footwork, I should say, uh, great size, athleticism, just an awesome burst. Like he's just cutting in and out of routes so easily. I mean, he looks like like the the perfect mold for what you want out of a receiver. Another issue here, though, it's just a very stacked room, right? Like there's still OBJ, there's still Rashad Bateman, there's still Mark Andrews. I know it. I I know it. Like it, it it feels like a middled group, but you know if you're looking at the uh, the social media feeds, they, they showed a a clip of OBJ absolutely burning a uh, a Washington Commander corner. Didn't catch the ball, you know. A little underthrown. Well, you know, Emmanuel you Forbes work on that is who you're referring to. Emmanuel Forbes did put his hand. I don't know if you saw the other angle, but he put his hand up and knocked the ball away before, which is why it was he didn't catch it. So it, it was under. It was hey, underthrown. Whatever. Hey, he just hey, doing his Lamar, job. Baby. Make the. Lamar's got to make that back shoulder throw. I'm sorry. Like, you know, it's, it's got, it's got to be in front of the, the receiver, not behind the receiver. Uh, OBJ had to slow up, but all I'm getting to is, is like, you know, he's not washed. Like o- OBJ will be a threat while healthy. Um, if he were to be injured or Rashad Bateman were to, uh, you know, not make it back or, you know, start the season, you know, still injured or not able to come off the pup list, then yeah, it, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be wheels up for sure. But I just still feel like the offense is going to run the ball a, a fair amount. I feel like people are kind of overestimating this team being like a pass-first, pass-heavy team. I think it's more of just more balanced than what we saw with Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator. I could see an easy 50-50 split, but that 50-50 split is going to produce more passing opportunities. Zay Flowers just seems like the guy just, you know, as far as like passing the eye test goes – you know, the best speed, the separation skills. I think OBJ's experience definitely keeps him on the field. Maybe Flowers doesn't play the majority of like the snap season long, but I feel like, you know, with the right circumstances, he could be the best receiver on the team. Um, OBJ doesn't have very friendly numbers per the market, low touchdown total. I think his receiving yard total is like at 575, which I mean, to me is absolutely ridiculous. I think that the market is just playing on these guys both being injury ridden or i'm sorry obj being injury ridden you know i've seen even you like in in many others pump up uh, isaiah likely i just don't see that i don't see someone like backdooring uh zay flowers here on the roster for opportunities it feels like he's going to be the lead guy um again round eight wide receiver 48 about as free as free gets agreed i mean on all fronts i mean this man can run a route like no other uh he's fast I think he just fits well with Lamar Jackson, right? Lamar Jackson and this offense is going to want to show that they can pass the ball more than, you know, people want to give the Ravens credit for. So I think that, you know, with Todd Monken coming on board here, I, I really think that Zay Flowers has the opportunity to be a deep threat as well as an intermediate threat for Lamar Jackson. And that that opens it up for us in fantasy, right? Like he he's, he's not just going to be a one trick pony. He's going to have the ability to do a bunch of different stuff in this offense and Right now, I mean, he's the only guy on the offense that is really not hurt. OBJ was hurt, is coming back from injury, and does he get hurt again? I don't know. We'll see. But Rashad Bateman was hurt, got shot in his foot, didn't feel good. Now he returned to practice. How long does that last, right? Like we had Sebastian Fearon on talking about that. You know, there's room for for re-injury, unfortunately, with that. So 
Zay Flowers seems probably like, I don't want to call him a safe guy because he's a rookie, but kind of feels a little safer than the other guys to take right now. So um, I'm mm-hmm. all over Zay Flowers. And one of my team names this year that I have Zay Flowers on will be April Showers Brings Zay Flowers. Oh, okay. I was, I was wondering where that punchline was going. Boom. Better be, better rookie receiver to draft, Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers? Uh, I'd rather take Flowers. I think there's just a clear path to big production. Yes. You know, Addison having Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson in the way. You know, we've seen rookie receivers, you know, you know, jump on the scene, you know, pretty quickly here the last couple of seasons. You know, last year you had London, Alave, Garrett Wilson, the year prior, Jamar Chase. You know, I mean, the dude is more than NFL ready. I don't even know if you want to call him a rookie at that point, but Kyle Pitts. Um, Devonta Smith, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddell. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody else from that season, but every one of those guys that just rambled off, they all hit over 825 receiving yards. But to do so as a rookie, they had to lead their team in targets, receptions, and receiving yards. It's tough for me to buy that he'll lead the team in receptions if Mark Andrews is healthy, but I believe that he could lead the team in yards. I don't know about touchdowns. Again, that feels more like Mark Andrews territory. Yep. All right, who's your next man up? Next man up, Marvin Mims, another oh. rookie uh, on mm. a team that, um, you know, there's Jerry Judy, who I think is established now. Cortland Sutton was established, fell off last year, you know, deal, deals with injuries. And I I just think that um, the ADP value on Marvin Mims is there, which is why I really like him. Um, mm. They have a good schedule at the end of the year to, you know, for fantasy playoffs, obviously play the Chargers week 17. So it's a good matchup there as far as like they're probably going to be behind in that game, needed to throw a lot. They're probably going to be behind in a lot of their games, right? The, th- the thing that scares me with them is, again, Russ Wilson. I mean, what's he going to do now with Sean Payton? Sean Payton, you know, short king guy, you know, he he, he took Drew Brees to, to you know, other heights, shall we say, as a, as a short guy. So hmm. I, I'm hopeful for the offense. And I think Marvin Mims um, can establish himself because Sean Payton traded up. And as his first pick as the head coach of the Denver Broncos, he took Marvin Mims. So I think that the right. opportunity he'll, he'll give Marvin Mims ample opportunities to establish himself as at least the two on the team. If there's any injuries, I mean, watch out. I mean, Marvin Mims is a very good wide receiver, good uh, wide receiver. You know, he had good stats in college. And uh, th- there was a reason they, they went up to, to take him. And I'm, I'm just kind of putting my chips on Sean Payton's going to want to look like a genius. And it's right. going to kind of <clears throat> edge out Cortland Sutton a little bit. So uh, Marvin Mims, great ADP value right now. Get him while you can. Yeah, it's tough for me to target him in redraft just because, again, this guy feels closer to a waiver wire darling than he does a week one starter. I just feel like there's a lot of guys that are still going – like probably around him or maybe just before him that, you know, could be considered like ones on their team, a la, you know, back to Nico Collins or Isaiah Hodgins, who we've already talked about. Um, I want to say Adam Thielen is still probably ahead of him. I know that you're not in love with Adam Thielen, but like who would you rather have, DJ Chark or Marvin Mims? Mm, I probably still take Mims. Uh, Chark has to deal with a rookie – uh, a rookie quarterback and also mm-hmm. i there's a lot but of don't guys you see on a clear path team. of production for for shark though i mean he's going to be the yes. two most likely to start the season mims he's going to be behind judy he's going to be behind sutton they still have two running backs that they want to implement many of us including myself are high on greg dolchich like 
just feels like there's a lot of mouths to feed right there. I mean, I agree with you. Like yeah. another injury, another injury, you know, domino falls. Yeah, he should be in the mix. But, you know, before I, Tim Patrick got hurt, he felt kind of buried. I, I think that the way that this is going to play out is at the beginning of the year, you're probably right. Chark's mm-hmm. probably the guy to have on the team. At the end mm-hmm. of the year, it might switch, though. It might be Mims you sure. want instead of Chark because, sure. uh, you know, Mingo might establish himself. Terrence Marshall, you know, is, is a breakout candidate for me as well. Um, right. As long as he's not, you know, you know, too injured. I saw that obviously he was carted off. I think it was for, for precautionary reasons, though. So, um, but yeah, this I just think that there's a lot of mouths to feed on the Panthers as well. And some of those other mm-hmm. guys might establish themselves as will Marvin Mims on this team. So maybe take Chark and then as he starts to fall off, if Mims is still out there, go grab Mims. No, I, I, I don't uh, I don't hate the opportunity that he could have. I, I like you know your point that you made about Sean Payton. I think there is some value to that. Sean Payton really hammers it home for his guys, and you could see some design plays for Marvin. Taysom Hill. I e Taysom Hill, <laughs> Jimmy James, yeah. Cram. Um, no, I, I think that that there is something to that there, but there just feels like a lot of mouths to feed. Like I said, and I don't, and I say that because I feel like Javante Williams, like the organization really wants him to succeed. Samaj P. Ryan, another move made by Sean Payton. Hey, we really want to see that guy succeed. Same thing for Jerry Judy. I think the organization also wants to see positive positive play out of Cortland Sutton. I think he would have been moved this summer, you know, had there been more faith from the GM's office in Mims, in Tim Patrick, in Jerry Judy, him still being there because, you know, I think you and I both thought, you know, this guy should be on the move. You know, they just drafted Mims. They moved up to do it. Like, how much room is there in this wide receiver group? Obviously, Tim Patrick getting hurt opens everything up for everyone, right? Even Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. But again, when I'm looking at some of these other situations around the league, I just feel they're more advantageous um, than, say, Marvin Mims. That's not to say that, like you said, by the end of the year, he's really something. You know, he's bringing you uh, down the path to a fantasy championship. But Mm -hmm. season long, I just feel like there's a few better options. Yeah, and, and you bring up a good point about you know them potentially trading somebody. Like I still feel like that's a that's a possibility. Sutton might be on the move if they can get a, a you know a King's ransom or a haul for Judy. If if this oh, team starts no, out, that's not happening. There's no yeah, way but if this team Jerry. starts out like two and six, two and seven, I, again, if somebody a, a playoff needy team needs a you know like imagine if the Ravens lose Odell Beckham, Bateman's hurt again, and they got nobody. Right? You don't think they might go out and try to potentially get somebody if. That would be Judy. I think. Watch out. I think Lamar already played his. I demand a trade for a wide receiver <laughs> card or whatever. Yeah, sign for, a wide for receiver. OBJ. Yes. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Not Hopkins, huh? Interesting. Uh, I mean, who would you rather? I guess. I guess Hopkins would be the guy. You Come on. The two. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I get. I mean, I guess. I gotta imagine OBJ was a little bit cheaper. I mean. No, I think OBJ got more money than than Hopkins, didn't he? I think he got eighteen million. I have, I have no idea. I have, I have I have no idea. I would have thought that he would have gotten less because I thought Hopkins was asking for a fair amount. Yeah, I, I think OBJ got more, um, which was lunacy, but that's here nor there. All right, so I do have DJ Chark as my next guy. I I mean, obviously he kind of broke out as a rookie with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it's been nothing but downhill play since then, and really just a lot of injuries. If he can stay healthy this season, I see him being a big threat in the offense for the Panthers. They need somebody that can open things up downfield. I know they drafted Jonathan Mingo, big physical receiver, but Chark has just fantastic speed, especially when he's breaking in his deep routes downfield, has that go-up-and-get-it type of play style, and they're going to they're gonna be down in games. They're going to be playing from behind. I just see there being a lot of positive game flow 
for DJ Chark, for Adam Thielen. I mean, really all these receivers are buried at ADP, no dissimilar to the New York Giants wide receivers. I like Chark the most out of this group, followed by Adam Thielen, followed by Terrace Marshall, followed by Jonathan Mingo. I really am not dipping my toes into the LaVisca Chanel territory. That's just not going to happen. Visca. Um, no, I don't care Love how many Visca. videos <laughs> I have to see on Twitter or YouTube of him getting handoffs. No, I'm not buying it. Again, uh, you know, if you want to buy LaVisca off, off the waiver wire, by all means, go ahead. But I wouldn't even spend fob on him. I'm sorry. Like, I just can't see something like that lasting. If for some reason Bryce Young were to get hurt, yeah, they have Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton playing quarterback probably props up Adam Thielen more so because he doesn't have a great deep ball if he ever did. Um, that would be my only concern for Shark is maybe the Bryce Young experiment doesn't go as planned or he gets hurt. And and that's really it. But if he's if he's not and you know, Bryce Young is okay, he's average at best, wide receiver 62 coming off the board in round 11, you can easily get him as your fourth or fifth wide receiver. I think that's a impressive value for DJ Shark coming into the season. Again, he's already broken out. He's more of a sleeper candidate, you know, coming off the board in double digit rounds, second half of your draft. Definitely worth the uh, the bench stash in my opinion. Yeah, my you cat's know, I, yelling at me. He agrees. I I like Terrence Marshall and, and Mingo mm -hmm. in the offense. Just, um, you know, the unknown of Mingo and uh, Terrence Marshall, you know, third-year mm -hmm. guy, has established himself a little bit, had some, you know, had some good weeks last year as well. So I, I think that Marshall um, is, is the guy I'm, you know, my highest on in, in the offense for wide receivers. But mm -hmm. I do agree with you. I think Chark probably has the easiest path to production at the beginning of the year. I just worry it falls off when some of these other guys may establish themselves uh, in the offense. No, that's fair. And similar also to the Kansas City Chiefs. This could be a situation where you see just uh, a sharing and uh, diverse amount of spike weeks for each guy. But when I'm looking at like talent, I mean, like you and I have gone back and forth about Adam Thielen. I still think he has enough experience and wherewithal to just play the most snaps in this offense. I know, I know, I know, I know you're not a fan, but at the same time, we don't get to decide. You know, I think if it was you and me drawing up this offense, we'd probably be putting DJ Chark. Uh, Jonathan Mingo and probably Terrace Marshall out there, but they went out and spent money on Adam Thielen. It's not our money to spend. So Adam Thielen, what happened? Did, you, did your balls drop off? <laughs> he didn't necessarily fall off the cliff last year. I mean, his numbers were bad, but he, he he's on the slide down. He got to the top of the slope. Mm -hmm. He's sliding down, guy. Going down. There's my cat, my cat's tail. He's he's acting all honorary because you know we got, a, we got you, a baby, so he doesn't get enough attention. <laughs> You want another guy? Yeah, fire away. What do you got? Chris Olave. Um, few things kinda here. Broke out last year, but all right, I'll, I'll, I'll hear you. Kinda, but but a lot of kinda. people have been talking about like, oh, Michael Thomas. I mean, he did. I mean, he's a second round pick, so I I agree with you. But I think that I think what he can do can he be even better this year. I see some talk of yeah. it's Michael Thomas yeah. time. It's resurgence, Michael Thomas. Mm -hmm. Right? We're gonna like, come on, guys. It, no, it's it's Olave. Um, we talked about this at length, uh, you know, about their schedule from week five on. They play no outdoor games until week 17. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Bad 13 weather of 17 for... games played indoors. Yeah. But bad weather is good for running backs. Good weather is it's good for wide receivers. They need to catch the right. ball. This just opens up opportunities for Chris Olave in this offense. Derek Carr has already seemed to um, give him praises that you don't normally hear for a second year wide receiver. Uh, I think I heard uh, Derek Carr mention that he ran a route 
and knew exactly where Derek Carr wanted him to break out of that route. And Derek Carr said that it, like he hasn't seen that from from too many people outside of Devontae Adams. When you're talking I was gonna about say, a wide receiver, Jesus, yeah. When you're talking about a wide receiver that's doing something that Devontae Adams has shown to do, not saying mm. that he's Devontae Adams, but that's a good company to be in. I just think that Olave has an opportunity to really break out in this offense, like be an elite guy in the offense, even with Michael Thomas there. So uh, Chris Olave, good weather guy, good opportunity guy, just good guy all around. I mean, I'm not going to speak to his uh, his mood. Man, this cat is all over all my shit on this desk See, right now. He is, that seems he is, like a guy. <laughs> you got your pussy. No, I mean, I like Chris Olave, but he's being drafted in round two, you know? Like – I, yeah, I just yeah, feel like it's expensive, he, but I feel like he has more opportunity to fall off of that value than he does to go on top of it. That's my only concern about considering him like a breakout. He's certainly not a sleeper, but I do believe he can go over the top of his numbers from last season. I think that's very practical uh, given just the, the nature of the offense. It's just better. They have a deep run game. Obviously, Alvin Kamar missing three games, but they drafted Kendra Miller. They brought in Jamal Williams, who led the NFL in rushing touchdowns. I mean, if they don't have enough tight ends, my goodness, they've signed just about every tight end they can while still maintaining a, a contract with Taysom Hill. You know, they got Juwan Johnson, Taysom Hill. They brought back J- Jimmy Graham. They brought in Foster Moreau. I'm probably forgetting somebody else. Um, Michael Thomas, I don't think, is just like a threat to Alave. I just think that they will both benefit from each other. Hello. Hi, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate that. You know, I think that they're going to be a pretty good tandem. And until you see that Michael Thomas injury – I feel like that will hold back Alave some. Can still have better numbers than last year, but not have the ceiling that he should have with a Michael Thomas list team, you know? Understandable. Yeah. I just think he I think he'll outperform his ADP, uh, even at the uh, you know, ADP of what he's like mid second round. No, he's like, dude, he's like wide receiver like 13 or 14, isn't he? I mean, he's got to be top. He's. I'm pretty sure he's got to be top ten to to bust uh bust that ADP. Like he's gonna have to finish as a top twelve player. Period. Because I'm not saying wide wide receiver fourteen. Like he's Let's like here. He's coming off so, early. In the draft last night, I just did. He was pick twenty two overall, which makes him. Let's see, four, five, six, seven, Ow. eight, nine, ten, eleven. He was wide receiver eleven, drafted. That's rich, my guy. That is rich. It is, but I mean, you're like, like he's being he's drafted the at one his ceiling, on the team, in my opinion. right? He's What's the that? one on the team. He's the one. No, 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 okay. no, no so disagreement there. He's going around four, uh, one, three guys that are all twos on their team in Waddle, Smith, and Higgins. He's probably going to get more targets than a majority of them. Agree? Yeah, I would, I would prioritize him over those guys, those specific players. Well, if you're going wide receiver, wide receiver, you know, if you take a Tyreek Hill and come back around and grab Chris Olave, like I feel like that's a good bet as opposed to that and and Higgins. You know, mm-hmm. like it just I, I feel like the guys he's going around leads me to believe that he could outperform those guys. And sometimes sure. some of those guys will go in front of him. Definitely Waddle goes in front of him. And I, yeah. I like Waddle a lot too, but I I just think that he can still He's still um, a good bet at his value of wide receiver 11. Um, I mean, if the Saints really are a contender this year because they have a soft schedule, they have a good, you know, obviously a good weather schedule. I just think mm-hmm. that it's set up for him to to have a good year. Um, and again, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas comeback season? 
Womp, womp, womp. Yeah, yeah. Come back yeah, to them. Yeah. I, I cannot hear you, by the way. Your uh, sound has went off, I believe. Yeah, this cat, you know, he's just all over the place. He's just <laughs> mitting my mic. Like, he's he is just being something right now. He's just laying all sprawled out like Rose from Titan. Oh, you just got muted again. How is this cat literally muting my go. mic? I have no I idea what he's doing. He's just spalled out like Rose from Titanic. Like, paint me like one of your French girls, Justin. My goodness. Uh, so I was bringing up uh, Jamison Williams coming off the board in round 10, wide receiver 61. Yeah, he's suspended for six games. I know he got he pulled up today with a hamstring issue. I'm not really that worried about that. But, man, if you want to talk about a second-half game changer, I feel like Jamison Williams is the ticket. Electric speed, especially downfield. One of the faster prospects in the last couple of seasons, arguably as fast as Tyreek Hill per, you know, the athletic media, et cetera, right? You know, everyone's very high on this guy. I am too uh, outside of the suspension situation. Like if you have a league where they allow suspension players to be on your IR, like he's, he might have to go up like 10 or like 15 spots. You know, if you can actually stash him in that scenario, otherwise I do see, you know, you putting yourself a little bit at risk because you have to hold on to him for all that time, right? Like you have to hang on to him for first six weeks and they have a week nine bye. It's not the greatest situation, but when you look at the the Lions offense, like, I mean, outside of Amon Ra and Jameer Gibbs, you can't tell me where there's a clear identifiable player that's going to get a ton of targets and get a, get a ton of action, a lot of downfield looks. Sure, Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, they could have some some weeks here and there, but we saw what happened early last season Josh Reynolds was playing amazing, and then fell off a cliff. He just died. It's like, you want to see a dead body? Josh Reynolds is laying over there, falling from the cliff. I don't know. It just seems like a very uh, profitable situation for the second half of the year. And if you can afford it, if you draft correctly, I feel like you can't afford this this uh, bench spot. Yeah, I think the, the two things I'll say to that is, one, um, I think there's a lot of hype for Sam Laporta, and I think it's kind of warranted in the offense. And uh, what does Jared Goff do well is keep the ball close to the chest, right? He's going to mm -hmm. not want to chuck it downfield a ton because that's not what he's really good at. That's what we're banking Jamison Williams uh, to be able to do is get those long, deep passes, N not mm -hmm. saying that they can't connect. I just right. feel like they haven't had a lot of exposure to, to each other, playing with each other, because obviously Jamison mm -hmm. Williams was hurt last Cut year, barely last came year. back. He Cut did, yeah, on his one year. catch. Yeah, like I just I think that it's going to the the planets need to align for Jameson Williams to really do well in this offense because there's mm -hmm. other guys, Jameer Gibbs. You know, you you laid out the obviously the case for Amonra. You know, there's there's other guys in the offense who do things well that Jared Goff also uh, you know likes to throw at. So I just I think I like Jameson Williams. Don't get me wrong, and he's going around guys that I prefer to take him over. Um, maybe not Nico Collins. He's going around Nico Collins. I'd rather have Collins there, but uh, mm -hmm. he goes around guys like Alan Lazard, Rasheed mm -hmm. Rice, Juju, Zay Jones. Like, I think I'd take the gamble on him over those guys, but it's just, I don't know. I worry that he's not going guys. to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just, I worry that he's, we're going to be let down if he's not scoring long touchdowns. And I just don't mm -hmm. know how many times that's going to happen throughout the year. 
Well, I, I don't think there's a like a perfect universe where he's only a downfield threat. Like his speed and his separation skills also just allow him to be a great after the catch uh, weapon. Like his, his yak number should be through the roof. Whether he is making a downfield play, whether he's catching something in between, you know, ten to fifteen yards off the line of scrimmage. When you get the ball in his hands, he's absolutely electric. And even if he came up lame today with a hamstring issue, he's got six weeks plus twenty days, you know, until kickoff. So. I mean, there's a fair amount of time to recover from something like that. And honestly, like, I wouldn't mind if he got a little a little bit of a dip in value because of maybe like a light injury or something like that. And maybe the market gets a little bit lower on him. What I what I also just don't want to be in a situation is, is having to overpay for him off the waiver wire in the middle of the season. You know what I mean? Like it's week five. Oh, someone's trying to get fresh and bring, you know, buy him a week early or something like that. You know, you're just going to be kind of playing that chess game. And I feel like if you're in a situation where you maybe you overspend on running back early, this is a nice way to protect yourself down the stretch of the year. Maybe you, you know, you draft him alongside some of like the the more suspect receivers. Like maybe he's on your team with Michael Thomas or OBJ, right? And you don't have a, a ton of trust in those guys to make it all season. But then here comes Jamison Will Jamison Williams ready to play healthy, you know, from week seven to week 17, at least give you, I was going to say 10 games, but they have that week nine by. So about nine games, I think it's a very good situation, especially just considering the amount of times that this team is going to have to pass the ball. Their defense is bad. Fifth worst last season for most points allowed per game. Even if they make some type of progression, I don't see them getting outside of the top 10 or the bottom 10, however you look at it, for most points allowed. Their defense isn't great. I like Jack Campbell. I like Aiden Hutchinson, but their secondary is absolutely trash. I think that this team is going to score a lot of points. The offense is going to be on the field a lot. And again, it just doesn't feel like any of these other guys are going to duel him for opportunities other than Amon Ra and Jameer Gibbs. Where, um, like, like what wide receiver on your team do you want him to be drafted? Like, like your four, your five, six, like what, what no, ideally he, he are you should, looking He for? should definitely be five or he should definitely be five or six. And in okay. deep, deeper league formats, like if you're in a 22 team league or 24, I think he absolutely should be beyond your roster. I think that you can survive if you're playing the draft appropriately, or, you know, if you want to be like uh, aggressive in your draft, Jamison Williams should be a guy that you're, that you're rostering for sure. You know, if, you, if you're trying to really make other people make tough decisions, I think getting Jamison Williams on your roster is like your fifth wide receiver is going to be a good move because it's not like you have to stop at that. You know, you can continue to draft receivers after him. I think that you could back him up even with a couple of sleepers that, you know, you, you know, might be able to get you a handful of, uh, of solid weeks ahead of his uh, week six return or week seven, whatever it's going to be. You know, if you get one of those Kansas City receivers that pops off for the first handful of weeks and then takes a dip, Jamison Williams, he's the answer to solve that problem. Um, same thing with like the uh, the Houston receivers. Maybe you have Robert Woods randomly on your team, and he plays well for the first five games before getting hurt. And then Jamison Williams, he becomes the answer or solution to that problem. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm probably just going to play it where I'm not going to draft him in a lot of the in a lot of my redraft leagues. I'll let other people draft mm -hmm. him, and then they're going to make you know they're going to have to hold him if they really want him. And I just don't think too many people will be able to, especially in a lot of these you know a lot of these home leagues. Cool. You got 15, Save 16 ideas. rounds. Like in that case, I just think that people are going to have to make a tough decision as to either keep him and, you know, if they're doing well, maybe it's not such a hard decision. But if they're not, if they're falling behind in the league, he might be a cut candidate. And that's the time I want to go grab him for my team just to hold mm -hmm. him for maybe two or three weeks as opposed to having to hold him for the entire six. No, that's 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 fair. That's fair. I just think that the uh, the Lions offense is going to be a vacuum for scoring opportunities. No dissimilar to the other uh, higher scoring teams in the league. 
you and I got into that conversation a few weeks back about you know the Lions versus the Buffalo Bills. They had a five-point spread. You would have thought that – damn, cat's back. You would have thought that the Bills would have scored, you know, 50 more points, not five more points than the Detroit Lions, given, you know, their, their talent at quarterback. So I think that also just a lot of people discount what Jared Goff can do. This is still a guy that's thrown for over 5,000 passing yards in a season. Of course, it was with Sean McVay. He had Cooper Cup as a receiver. But, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown and Cooper Cup, they're really not that different in ADP right now. Their value per the market for wh- whether it be props or fantasy value they're very close. What five players separate them at the receiver position. Right. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty good situ- uh, situation for any of those guys. Obviously we're smashing them on raw wherever we can, but oh, yes. I think Jamison Williams the will be super God profitable himself. come the end of the season. You yes. don't win the fantasy championship in week weeks, one through five, you win it in week 17. Talk about that correlation. Talk about that week <laughs> 17 Dallas Detroit game. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. All right. Who else you got? Um, I mean, really, I don't have anybody else, but if you want me to talk about a little bit of Puka, um, I know, uh, again, he's, he's a really late guy. I'm not saying to go wanna, draft him in your redraft leagues. I specifically want to ask you Puka or Michael Wilson. Who would you rather have? Let's, Man, let's say it's your last That's pick. a tough one because I think Michael Wilson has a better shot at catching touchdowns than Puka may. Oh, I think but, he's going to catch more receptions, period. I think he's going to be the number two on that team. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the other thing is that Puka could potentially be the number two on the team. I think it's going to take maybe a little bit. He's going to have to pass Van Jefferson, which I know you're higher on than I am. But Tyler Higby. I, P- P- yeah, and, and Higby as well. Um, but Wilson, I mean, you have Trey McBride. I mean, Trey McBride was, for all intents and purposes, decent last year. And I think he True. can establish himself a little bit more this year, especially with mm-hmm. if they're going to have Colt McCoy behind center. Colt McCoy, I mean, we talk about this. Every time you have a rookie quarterback or a quarterback just coming in, they want to rely and keep the ball close to the vest again. They want to rely on a guy that is closer to them. And that's going to be Trey McBride. So I, I mm-hmm. do feel – I like Michael Wilson. That's a tough one for me because I, I do like Michael Wilson probably more than than some uh, you know of the average uh, fantasy players. But – I got a lot of love for Puka. I mean, we saw him score a touchdown in the preseason already. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's been all the stuff coming out of camp and OTAs and training camp and everything has just been, um, you know, glorifying Puka and, and what he's been able to do here. So I think I'll still go Puka just because I, I got blinders on for him. But I, that's a good comparison for me. Michael Wilson, also a mm-hmm. guy that you can get late in drafts that is of value. Yeah, I, I would go Michael Wilson there, like a, just a clear path to production less obstacles you mentioned trey mcbride who has a better quarterback though yeah at at least right now to start he does he does yeah but at the the same time puka still got to get on the field like michael wilson i I feel like could be a starter week one yeah and i don't disagree with you on that i think michael wilson Mm -hmm. if if we were doing a bet first like five weeks it's michael wilson all day if we go after that i i think puka could could keep up with michael wilson on that and and again i Mm -hmm. think that the Rams have a better shot at performing better this year than what the Cardinals do. Uh, so again, I'll just lay my chips on uh, on Puka. Plus, way better name Puka Nakua versus Michael Wilson. Come on, Michael Wilson sounds like the receiver you drafted Madden that becomes like your like Hall of Fame wide receiver. Like, oh, I drafted him. He's randomly a seventy eight. Then he was an eighty six. Then he was a ninety two. Now he's a ninety nine. Um, Quinton Johnston or. Jordan Addison, who would you rather have? Who's a better breakout candidate? Uh, Addison, just because he has less path in front of him. Um, but, I, man, you know what? Hold on. Let me think about that for a second. So, Quentin Johnson, 
better quarterback in my eyes, more high-powered yep. offense. Yep. But is going to be at, at best three on the team, potentially four, depending on how much they want to really use Everett. I mean, we saw what uh, Dallas did last year with their tight end, and you know now the offensive coordinator was came from Dallas, and so that that could potentially be something that Quentin Johnson has to deal with as well. Addison probably the three on the team already. Ah, uh, man, that's a tough. Yeah. I probably still go Addison, but Quentin Johnson's very exciting. Like if, if Mike Williams continues to not be able to catch the ball and land on his feet, Quentin Johnson might be your saw. He could be a league winner. He lands on his feet, just not as limber as my cat does. He he lands on his feet and he gets right back up here. Michael Williams lands on his feet in the inappropriate way and just stays down. And you're just like, is that a dead body? Is that Josh Reynolds? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I would go quick. I would go Quentin Johnston there just for the the red zone upside. I don't see Jordan Addison scoring more touchdowns than Quentin Johnston. Maybe you do think the Addison catch- gets more targets though, right? Uh, I think that's fair. I think that's okay. fair, but I think it could be close. And I think it's close enough that that touchdown spread for Johnston would keep him ahead for me. Over under 15 targets difference at the end of the year. Uh, probably under. Under? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm try to think of another one. Elijah Moore or Gabe Davis. Who's a better breakout candidate this year? Gabe Davis. 100%. Just the offense? Just offense, more, more, more I think, scoring opportunities. Yeah, I mean, we saw what he did. He I mean, the Browns invested receiver. in him. I mean, they, they gave they gave up some draft capital for him. Yeah, and, and I I agree with that for sure. But um, I just I, I don't know. I mean, Gabe Davis. We saw what he did last year. He finished as like wide receiver thirty something. He was hurt. Josh Allen got hurt with the elbow thing, and he still finished as a wide receiver like thirty something. I, I just I think that the offense is just so much more potent in Buffalo. I I just yeah, I'll just lay my eggs on Gabe Davis on there. Okay. Luke Musgrave or Dalton Kincaid? Oh, that's tight ends. Sorry. I have to wait for the next episode. <laughs> um, Get a little I'll ahead give, of myself. Uh, hold on. Let me pull up my draft from last night because I'll, I'll ask you just like two here real quick. Because um, th- there's a couple that I when I always get to it, I'm like, mm, what am I doing here? Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, so Jahan Dotson or Michael Pittman? Mm. I'm gonna go Pittman. Just I've been banging, the, I've been banging the Pittman drum all all off season though. You know that. Is it targets for you? Is that why? It's opportunity. It's like he yeah. should he should lead his team in targets, receiving yards, and maybe not receiving touchdowns. I think that could be up in the air, but he should. He should. He's the guy. Yeah. No, I I, I, I don't disagree with you. I and and I had this conversation last night with with Megan on fan speak. Is you know, and she's a Washington fan as well, so we're both high on Dotson. Mm-hmm. But I picked Pittman on the team and mm-hmm. and I made the case to her about it's it's opportunity for him. So I, I agree with you hundred percent there. It's just I'm always it's always those two I'm staring at and I'm like, oh man, I love Dotson, but Pittman's opportunity is so much his ceiling is higher on on target share. So I, I mm-hmm. yeah, that's one. Um and let, the, let, the offense in general the, for the commanders, we talked about this just earlier in the show. They have a ton of uh opportunity, a lot of targets there, a lot of mouse to feed. Yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. Uh, so let's go here. Uh, the last one I want to give you real quick is JSN or George Pickens. That's a good question. I think JSN still that offense has a lot of weapons. They're going to pass the ball a lot more. The identity of the Steelers offense will and needs to be Najee Harris. And I just don't know if there's enough mouse to feed there to, for all of those receivers to put up elite numbers. Uh, folks at the fantasy football expo were trying to put me on the path that Pat Fryermuth is going to be that dude this year. 
you know, he's going to come back, you know, down to like more of his like his rookie production. And that would be shocking to me. But I was hearing a lot of good nuggets about that in Canton. Uh, about why he should be more prioritized than, than I am at least prioritizing him. I have him outside my top 12 for tight ends. Um, but it's it's just a tough sell for me because, you know, you're going to have a ton of targets going to Deontay Johnson. I got to expect that George Pickens is going to make a lot of big plays. I mean, his athleticism, his size, that ability to go up and just, you know, go to the peak of the ball. He's an excellent receiver. I just don't see the volume being there. Now shifting over to Seattle, I see this team being in the red zone a lot. And I don't think there's going to be any rhyme or reason of who they're going to give the ball, whether it's Walker, Charbonnet, any of these receivers. Uh, DK Metcalf is, I believe, my most exposed player now. I think he's, um, or maybe he's just the top at top Led the of, NFL of and his team's target share in the red zone, forty-six. Who's DK? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we talked about that on a previous show. Yeah. DK. So it's always Millie interesting Maker, stat to me. Millie yeah. Maker wide receiver. But, uh, I mean, I just got to feel that JSN can really carve out a role. I mean, his skill set coming out of the slot, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf really opening up the field for you. I have to imagine they're going to use him in a lot of creative ways. So I got to go JSN there. I got to feel – I feel like Pickens has a higher ADP, though. Uh, so, actually, in this draft uh, last night, JSN went 54. George Pickens went 58. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. All right, cool. That's all we got. Yes, sir. Um, before we head out, though, uh, I do, again, want to remind the people of draft day tomorrow. Uh, it's, again, we, we do this for fun, but the true meaning behind it is, you know, we're, we're collecting donations for a charity, for a foundation that, um, you know, is it, as people will look into it. Uh, we do have the page up now that says all about the I'm Able Foundation, what they do. For the wounded, um, you know, whether it's a veteran or an athlete, just people who want to remain active can, you know, it can do a lot. Their, their, you know, statement is they help people find the possible when they think it's impossible. So it's, it's a very good foundation. I encourage everyone, if you, if you're able to, it's not, you know, you most certainly can just jump in and do best ball teams with us, you know, chat it up that that's not a problem. Buy some merch if you want, whatever the case may be. But if you are able to, you know, a simple $25 donation, whatever, uh, you know, everything will help. Uh, I do want to, you know, sneak peek behind me. This is the first look for everybody. Draft day, new poster. Let me pull this up here a little bit so you can see my, my pretty face there with Kramer. New draft day posters. We will be getting some signed ones sent out to people. I have not been given the green light to sign them myself yet. I know Kramer will be signing them. But if you want my old John Hancock on there as well, I, I am more than willing to do so. Uh, but, yeah. So the shirts will kind of look like that. Uh, we're going to have uh, 100% of the proceeds of the merch uh, go to the I'm Able Foundation as well. So if you just want to grab some merch to remember, you know, the, the day you spent a shit ton of hours dra drafting best ball teams with Kramer and I and a slew of excellent guests as well. So make sure you get in there, um, you know, go to the Just Giving page. That'll be up there. Uh, go to uh, sportsgamingpodcast.com to the store. Search all the draft day merch. Um, again, it's for a good cause. It's fun. But, uh, you know, we do it so that we can help people as well uh, live a normal life. And uh, so, yeah, I appreciate everyone. Uh, ho hope to see you guys in the best ball streets, baby. Going to be good stuff. Go check out draft day three tomorrow. Starts at, uh, is it three Pacific? Uh, three Eastern, 12 Pacific. Three Eastern, uh, 24 hours of best ball. Andrew and Kramer getting down on it. I'll be jumping on at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Eastern. Going to be a lot of fun. It's for a great cause. Next year, we're going to do Cats of America because this guy's going to be uh, going up for adoption. 
just got <laughs> hair all over me. I don't know if you saw. He's just trying to swat me in the face. Unreal. Cats, man. Ugh. Well, he thinks he's a dog. So, in fact, here, let's just see. Let's go play fetch. <laughs> Should have did that to start. Now he just ran off. How easy was that? <laughs> all right. We're going to head out. Thanks for everybody stopping by. Be sure to smash the like button on YouTube. Give the episode a download on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Take care, be well, be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.